So, I don't know, we were just kind of talking about how crazy it is getting into the, uh, right, right before you jumped on us, how crazy it is getting into the, the different spaces on social media and I, I don't know. It's, it's a completely, it's a, it's a mind bitter. It's a change. But then I realized, well, maybe for me, it's not really because I'm a Leo and I'm always out there anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for me, I, I didn't even get on. I was, I wasn't on Facebook until I started doing audio drama. That's the only reason I even got on Facebook to begin with. Uh, Before that, I was completely anti-social media. I didn't want anything to do with uh, but I got on because of audio drama and it, it, it is, it's, it's a completely different world. It really is. And even, even amongst different groups on Facebook, like one group, the people in one particular group are completely different. It's, it's completely different having a conversation with them than it is from people in a different group. It, it's, it's crazy. funny how yeah. that works, man. Like if you go look at the crow group versus uh, THC versus eyes, and then you get into like the, I followed the we're live podcast, the, the, the their group completely yeah. different. And uh, it's, I don't know, it's just totally bizarre how even in this like digital landscape, people just kind of still form the same types of clicks and all of this. Mm. I don't know. Right. I guess maybe that's not, that might be all algorithms. I don't know, but it's, uh, it works. It's cool. And uh, yeah. it also allows you to kind of direct and focus your attention in different places. You know, it's true. Yeah. Right. You kind of have to be a chameleon in a way, you know, in yeah. order to function in each of those groups because yeah. they are so diverse and, it is like that. You look at it and you're like, wait, what? Like, but over here, you know what I mean? And, and it's really kind of, sorry, go ahead. No, go no, ahead. I was just going to say, you guys were talking shit like this over here. And then, you know, you're in this group over here. Somebody completely different. Like, what is going on? It's the same thing. Like, right. You guys are whack. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's funny too, because you start seeing the exact, the same kind of group dynamics show up yeah. within the different groups. Right. Mm-hmm. So, the loud mouse are still loud mouse, but they're still there. They're talking and the trolls are still the trolls. They're just trolling about something different, but the same dynamics exist in almost all the groups that I'm in anyway. And it's funny. Yeah. The only thing that really governs it is the, the rules for all the groups. You know, I kind of <laughs> prefer the ones with no rules. Let anarchy and chaos reign supreme. <laughs> Actually, my favorite, my favorite trend right now is absurdism. Not even nihilism, but absurdism. And it's just this, memes that make absolutely no sense in conversations that just they're not relevant to anything at all it's absurdity for the <laughs> sake of absurdity and it's awesome and i love it <laughs> there's a there's actually there's a new set of memes i've seen going around this might be related to it, it might be what you've seen too but it'll be some serious you know motivational something or other and then it turns into absolute like absurdity and at the bottom it says stay hydrated yeah. And every single one of them says stay hydrated. <laughs> I like the ones, the, the meme from the future too. It says, you know, it's all usually got some guy with weird colors and random shit on the meme. And it says, this, yeah. this means for the future. You don't know what it means yet. Dude, that's. Yeah. <laughs> I love that though, because yeah, that makes people go, wait, what did I miss? Exactly. You know? Yeah, where, where am I at? I don't where am I at? And. Shit, if it is, it's 2019. You don't know what's real anymore. 
No. no. That, yeah, that, that could be a sure. name, but it actually freaking happened. Okay. Some <laughs> did say that. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> right? Totally. I know. I just don't even care anymore. I'm like, oh, that happened. That's cool. Right. Go back to my Fortnite, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Fortnite. Because who cares? That's like the that's the worst of the worst, you know? Like, oh, I'm just gonna go play this trash video game real quick and <laughs> that's a, that's ignore cool. my life. That's a totally different one, dude. And I'm so I haven't been in the gaming community now in gosh, since like 2012. It's vicious. And it's changed, right? So social media communities versus the gaming communities, it's completely different. They're hardcore, dude. They're like, you know, I jumped on uh, Fortnite with my son. I was listening to the kids talk and it was vicious. And then I read it. There was an article that came out the other day. It said two thirds of online gamers are, what does it say? Something like severely bullied, you know? And Mm. I'm like, maybe they shouldn't be gamers. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's a lesson you have to learn. Yeah. That's what you have to be exposed to that stuff. Don't freaking, don't, powder your kids butts constantly god that makes no, me mad. but anyway no but Fortnite is vicious i mean there's and it's not just Fortnite. i mean it's it's cod it's it's you know destiny too oh my god oh, call of duty's been that way for since god, that's how it started been around since the 90s right good Lord. yeah yeah okay. it's been around a long time and so <laughs> but yeah you go even in like the forums where you think i might be a little bit safe here you spell one word wrong or you say one thing <laughs> and your whole gaming career is over like you're done <laughs> You got to change your user, you know, pay PS4 or whatever. You got to pay PlayStation to change your user. (laughs) You're done. That's funny, man. (laughs) But it's true, though. We used to, I used to play Ultima Online. I'm not sure if you guys are aware of that. It was one of the first MMOs. I played that for years. I started in 95, and I didn't get off of that until like 2012, dude. Just hardcore on that stupid game. But the thing about it was, is that's the trolls, I feel like, that's where they were born. And then they moved their way over to social media, right? And yeah. regular, regular people on social media did not take it. So it's like this infected <laughs> yeah. thing that gamers do. Because, you know. If- it's all Leroy Jenkins' fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it all began. That's where the gaming memes and the trolls and all that. That's where it all began. Yeah. It was epic. It was totally <laughs> epic, though. But... <laughs> Yeah, well, so, you know, thanks, was our favorite thing to do as a as a gamer: run people off the games so hard oh, that yeah. they would quit playing. Yeah, <laughs> or yeah, or or like build some or do something so much that it would lag the game to where the people that had the smartest yes. connections got kicked off. So then your team could, you know, actually win. Yeah, griefing. That's yeah, griefing. Maybe. That's, yeah, <laughs> that, that exact same dynamic hits over here. You get to the, the Dawn Strikers; they'll grieve so hard that Facebook has to ban them. <laughs> For real. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Don, by the way. So, just so you know, life is not the same when you get banned, dude. So. No kidding. <laughs> that is the truth. Oh, my God. <laughs> Too funny. Well, and that actually brings up something interesting. How do you guys manage, like, doing the – so you guys both have an online presence, this media presence that you do, and you're creating content, you're doing things, and you're, you're both approaching from completely different areas. Also, you're doing yeah. the, uh, the audio dramas and series. You're into sales and all this other stuff. How does how does that blend with your with I don't know in gamers what we call IRL right? Your real yeah. Uh, how does that blend? Because I found 
you know, I went through and I changed my name on social media on all the different platforms. So it doesn't no longer says Claude, right? Yeah. yeah because that wasn't confusing. Thanks. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, and I got to think of it. Well, the reason I did that was because the wife was going to apply for a job and she's like looking at my Facebook page and it's all public. And she's like, mm. when we started talking about it, it's like, yeah. yeah, you got a point, man. Cause they go look and you fill out this application. It's at the bottom. Please link your social media profiles. I'm like, son of a bitch, dude. We Are just, you serious? We just entered the time. It's yeah, we just entered the time. So you mm-hmm. so no. It's well, do do you guys draw a line and say, Well, this is the line I'm not gonna cross, or is it like just an evolving thing? I go ahead. No, no, because I have to think on this for a second. I I try to keep my social media presence as separate from my real life as I can. Uh, like for instance, I, I don't engage in political discussions on social media. I, I refuse to. I have very strong political beliefs, but I, I, I won't do it publicly. Um, it, if any of my Facebook friends decide they want to message me privately, I'll talk politics with them all day long. I'm just not going to do it publicly. Um, I, 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 same thing with uh, a, a lot of the things that we discuss in in, in the Eyes Open group i i don't i don't do that publicly on facebook uh, again i have very strong you know i don't want to yeah. say beliefs but uh opinions, I, I, you know, opinions. <laughs> there you go uh i have very strong opinions in that matter but i, I don't talk about that stuff publicly. the earth might or might not be a sphere right <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well but, but that's interesting though because like with eyes open it's a that's an interesting case because we have a wall around us it being mm-hmm. a closed group. So anything mm-hmm. you post in there, it stays within the wall. Unless you get that one troll in there and start screenshotting stuff, right? And that does right. happen. I've had it happen to me. Right. And th- that becomes a, I don't know. Um, I, don't know. I think that's a wall that Trump might be proud of, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think really you just have to be responsible about what you say. And you can say, you know, you can express an opinion or state a belief in a way that isn't, you know, in somebody's face, even if it is a really strong statement, you know, you can just be like, yeah, there's this over here. This is where I'm kind of going with this and be open to people's responses instead of being like, oh no, it has to be like this, you know? I think that's where a lot of the problems come from. And then there are those people that they just have nothing better to do than screenshot-ish and take it somewhere else and then add a bunch of people to a group and be like, hey, let's go troll these guys, you know? Leroy Jenkins! (laughs) It's like, you know, but I think, you know, you have to take responsibility for how you appropriate yourself in a group and you know because you can go in there and just be all talk and loud mouth and and everybody's like this guy you know but if you go in there and you're just mature about it you can say anything you freaking want and people are gonna be like oh yeah because they respect you you know they know right. that you're not going after anybody or trying to be like this know-it-all you're right. just saying exactly what you think i think it's, it's weird it's it's weird um being in those groups and uh well, I don't know. My transition into joining uh, was what started with the the THC group. It was uh, that I joined that group, and then that was the first time that I ever friended anybody that I didn't know in some form or fashion from their life. When I oh wow! That group. And I don't know. I might have been there like two months, and all of a sudden I started getting friends requests from all these people. I'm like, what the freak is actually going on here? This is kind of bizarre. I don't know you. Yeah. And then I realized that that it's really no different than. I don't know. I, I grew up in chat rooms in the nineties, right? Me too. Yeah. And, uh, I met over the years, I think probably between 95 and 
2002, maybe I probably met five or six different people that I'd known over the years, just simply from chat rooms. Right. And that's bizarre. Right. And my sister in the nineties, she married a guy that she met online um, oh, wow. in the nineties, oh, wow. which back then she was an early adopter. Right. <laughs> that was yeah. early. Uh, uh, what are they? I don't know what it's called. Not, it's not mingle anymore. Anyway, whatever that app is that kids use for dating now, mm-hmm. but uh, it's a, uh, so she was an early adopter and that's really weird. And that was so avant-garde and so bizarre and strange back then. So even meeting somebody from the internet back then in the nineties, when I met my, uh, my buddy, I remember that. That was totally bizarre. But now you mm. get this, this whole different side of the situation now where there's so many people aggregated into one spot in this yeah. one platform that it's almost, I don't know, it's, it's so commonplace. And I think people forget that, yeah, I'm throwing this text out there. But that person you're talking to literally could live right down the street. Yeah. You know, and you don't even know it. Right. (laughs) And there's also, you know, there's those apps that um, actually locate people within a two or three mile radius. And it's like, hey, you want to go on a date? Or, hey, you want to meet for coffee? Because I'm two blocks away from you. I mean, how crazy is that? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you want to buy some crack cocaine? Right. (laughs) 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 I mean, no, I don't. But somebody might. you want to play Fortnite? I mean, right. you want to play Fortnite? <laughs> on crack, yeah. Sure. On crack. You know? Fortnite's better on crack. Try it. Okay. Knock yeah. it. <laughs> what do you mean you haven't tried Fortnite on crack? It's 2019. Jesus. Are you sure? Are you sure? Just try it, man. That peer pressure. Man, peer pressure is rich. What you thought? Crack, crack would start making a comeback because of Fortnite. Good lord. <laughs> How many V bucks would that cost, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's 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 really all about your presence online, you know. Like for me, you know, because my my business or my presence online has changed um, because I've been doing business stuff and social media selling and network marketing and career, you know, career coaching for like I started about five years ago and. Um, at first it was like, Oh, here's all my kids and here's all this. And as it got you know, bigger and as I networked more, you know, I had people coming into my profile that I didn't know. And so I literally have most of my like family photo albums set to private only me now. Um, you know, within the last year I've changed a lot of my, um, you know, settings and, um, and what people actually see from me, you know, I've changed from just this mom with these kids and, you know, living in this place and here's all of our life to, a more structured and narrow path, like Mm. business style profile, you know, and it's not all business, but a lot of it's like motivation and inspiration for people that's based on, you know, my purpose that I have in this, you know, type of business and in this industry. So, you know, but it it was necessary because my kids, I have two preteens and a teenager now, and, you know, as part of all my 8 million kids and they are now online and they have Facebook, but it's very locked down, but they play video games online. And my daughter's like, Oh, Instagram. And I'm like, Oh God, you know, because that's just not a world for a 10 year old. And so, you know, when it it was kind of weird too, because I kind of had to like now online, my Facebook is kind of like its own personality. You know, it's, it, yes, it's me. And yes, I'm real. And no, I'm not really playing a part, but I do have to, perform in a certain way because of, you know, like I want to be somebody that's respectable. You know, I don't want to be just seen as some random Yahoo business person or, 
some lady just trying to sell stuff or exploit, you know, the cute things her kids does to get likes on a post to get more popular. You know, it's like, I like organic growth. And I think that that's Mm -hmm. a very, you know, respectable and appropriate way to do it. But at the same time, you know, I still have to kind of put on the suit in a way, you know, I have to suit up when I go on there and, you know, be the person that's ready to answer questions and ready to explain things and ready to inspire and ready to motivate. You know, it is, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's weird now, but it's fun. You you hit on something there that I had a kind of revelation about the other day. Um, My wife and I were talking about my son and how much time he spends online doing different things, watching YouTube. You know, he wants a Facebook account. He wants the Instagram account. He just turned 12, right? And so we, we tell them, no, you can't do that because of this. And we started kind of going down this road of thinking about, okay, I grew up in the 90s. I was a teenager in the 90s, grew up in the 80s. And back then, my parents were, I don't know how do you, how do you say it, very hardcore on you can't do X, you can't do Y, and you can't do Z, and here's why, right? Mm-hmm. But we were growing up in a world that was created by them, right? Created by yes, the boomers. Yes, exactly. And that was our landscape, right? And that, that was the landscape that they yep. were allowed to diverse, right? Yes. So they had full reign and control over all that. What did, what did we want to do? I wanted to go out. I wanted to drive my car down the drag. I don't know if you guys had a drag in your towns or not. Yeah. Yeah. Friday nights <laughs> going up and down the drag, right? And I wanted to do all this stuff. And so my dad would go out. I'd see him doing that, right? So now we're in this kind of landscape. My son sees me doing this, being online all the time, all this. And I'm telling him he can't. But we're yeah. curating this. This is their landscape. And yeah. we're, we're building this. This is what they're going to have. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. We have to adapt to this. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, we're adapting to it too because it's changing every day. So right. what he's looking at, so one of the things I watched him doing was uh, lately he's, he's watching these YouTube videos that are just memes. And it's just not the memes <laughs> that we look at either. We, yeah. and it, it's frightening shit. It's like, oh, what is going on? I'm having a seizure watching this. And he's just laughing his butt off. Yet it makes no sense yeah. to me. So it almost, fits my that, kids too. it almost fits that meme from the future thing. Because, you know, kids are, they kind of experience time in a different way than we do anyway. They do. Totally. And he's watching this stuff and he's getting something completely different from it than what I get. I see this and I see that. You're right. That's absurdity. But to him, maybe it's not, right? So, Sarah, by you showing, by you going, doing the grind and and you putting on your, what you call it, your suit and doing your your social media stuff, you're actually molding the view of social media that your kids are going to have. And I think that's important, right? That's what I think too, because I, you know, when I first got into like network marketing industry and things like that, you know, I watched a lot. I observed because I am an observer and there, I watched mostly for the things that I didn't want to be, because I think that that's one of the most important things you can do in life is learn what you are not and learn, you know, learn what you don't want to be, learn who you don't want to be. Um, because that kind of helps build your, who you do want to be foundation stronger. And so when I went into this, I decided that I didn't want to do what everybody else did. And there's a very common, you know, saying among, you know, entrepreneurs, it's like, don't reinvent the wheel. Well, okay, I get that, but it's 2019. And there's a whole new generation of learners here and you have to adapt to what they know. So you have to learn what they know and you have to figure out how to make that work with what you're already doing and explain it and teach it in a way that they will understand. Right, yeah. Or you have to 
present it to them in order for them to teach it to you. So, you know, I went into this thinking, I don't want to be like everybody else. You know, I don't want to look like some shady scammy marketer or something like that. I wanted to, you know, my purpose was to help people and to right. teach people and inspire them. So I was like, okay, I'm a rebellious person. So how can I, you know, kind of be me and still do this. And right. it's, I, I get a lot of inspiration from my kids, you know, because I have a kid on the spectrum and he has a very awesome way of seeing the world and thinking about things. And so sometimes I'll ask him for advice and be like, okay, so here's what happened. What would you, you know, what would you do or say in this situation? And his little philosophical mind just blows me away. I'm like, you know what? That's a really good idea because of how I grew up with, you know, the structure, like you were saying that our parents, you know, basically yeah. gave us. It's like, I never thought of that yeah. because there's like that generational thing. It's and, really yeah, that, that, crazy. It becomes kind of glaringly obvious when you, when you start trying to examine it and say, how is, how is he or she viewing what I'm doing differently because of their age? And I don't know, it's just, it, it's kind of a mind bender really. Yeah. We have all this, uh, um, I don't know. I kind of feel like you have this, uh, this one view of the world when you're younger. And then when you get older, you have experience behind you. And that same old view that you have when you're younger still exists, but now you have all this experience to kind of back it up with. Right. And right. it's yep. keep, keeping that youthful enthusiasm to charge your wisdom that you get as you get older. Yeah. Important. I think a lot of people miss that. Right. Yeah. I think so too. I think you get trapped in that wheel, right? Of going to work, coming home, going to work, just doing the grind, um, just living to live. Yeah. You know that you've lost that youthful enthusiasm, that, that way to inspire, not only inspire yourself, but inspire others through what you're doing, which is, you know, what that's what you do too, Austin. I mean, this these types of audio dramas, I had never, I didn't even know that was a thing until I heard of you, right? Because I've really? been listening to audiobooks, right? Yeah. I've got my uh, Audible library is enormous. Yeah. And then when I found out about you, I listened to one of yours. I can't remember which one it was. Um, it's the first one I'd ever listened to. And then I found the We're Live podcast. And then I can't wait for you to relaunch. So you're, when are you relaunching? Uh, at the end of August. End of August. Nice. Yeah. So, so if you guys have not checked out audio dramas, specifically, pick, pitch yourself here, buddy, because I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't have your, your sites and all that memorized yet. But audio uh, are amazing. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. Uh, our existing work, uh, we, we were podcasting for about three years uh, under the name Audio Oblivious Productions. Um, <clears throat> there was a, a bit of an incident where uh, one of our founding members is no longer uh, a member of our group and, and won't be, and hence that's the, the need for the relaunch. We're, uh, we're changing our name. We're uh, rebranding under a new banner and uh, launching with oh, some new stories. I know those feels. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well that's what so what kind of stories are you guys focusing on now are you changing the types of stories you're doing or are you gonna... um our our well our 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 claim to fame i guess you could say was uh, a show called winnebago warrior the tale of john wainaby um we we do have plans to bring that back at some point um but uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna focus on some other stories for a while we're gonna do a little bit of a uh modern day sci-fi uh some some near future cyberpunk kind of stuff some uh some uh dystopian uh high fantasy kind of stuff i mean we got a lot of stuff on, in the works that's cool man that's cool. yeah and, and you guys you just share on your on the facebook page on the instagram whatever mm -hmm. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. We uh, we usually post on Facebook. We've got a, a Twitter account that we we post on there too. Um, <clears throat> really, Twitter and Facebook are about the only thing we we work with social media wise. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're gonna just spitting out that type of content, maybe that's best. I mean, you know, I'm not. And I'm still learning the whole Instagram game. You know, I'm kind of a late adopter on that. But, you know, when I realized the power of it, I'm going to give a shout out to Gary Vee because I started listening to Gary Vee. Yes, he is the best. That guy. um, He's basically the Truman Show at this point. (laughs) He's got a guy following him around. (laughs) And he'll sit there, you know, you'll be watching uh, some of his content. He'll sit there and say, nope, I want that recording. You make sure that's on my desk, blah, blah, blah. And it's just conversations that he has like this. And so he's got this way of looking at the world where everything literally around you can be a sort of content provider. Yeah. You just take whatever interactions you're with. And I think that's, you know, even having conversations, interactions, with you guys like this for me, it's, it's invaluable because I can't, I, I feel like I'm at a point in my life where I can only learn so much from a book and it has to come from human interaction. And yeah. even online interactions don't give you that, you know, you don't get that, that face to face, right? So you can right. spread ideas and information. And so you go yeah. listen to somebody share their story through an audio drama or you go watch Sarah Faves, um, content on instagram or facebook or wherever it's it's different and i think that's you know it's where gary kind of has a point he says everything's going it's going to go voice it's going audio and that's where the future lies because it's faster mm-hmm. getting points across is faster you don't have to read all the text to do it and you could have long conversations like this and listen to them on the way to work you know yep. when you're laying in bed at night and it's just it's faster content um one of the really interesting things that I've found out, so here, oh, I don't know, I guess I've been there seven years now, where I work at a, a nonprofit and with uh, blind, visual impaired folks. And I didn't realize just exactly how much audio content those folks consume. And it's really amazing to watch them do it because they'll, put, they'll, they'll play back an audio book on their phones at five mm-hmm. times speed and not miss anything from it. Oh, wow. Yep. And it's crazy, man. Yeah. It, it's just crazy. So, I mean, so there you go. Go, go, put, go put one of your audio dramas on five times speed and try to listen to it. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> You're listening to the chipmunks. Dude. You're right. Yeah. Right. Totally. It is. And, you know, it's, it's a couple of years ago, there was, um, there was a lot of when video, when everybody started doing Facebook Live. So I guess it was like two, two years ago, wasn't it? Three years ago, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of like, you know, business trainings and things that came out, you know, across all platforms that said, you know, make sure that your live videos are under 15 minutes because that is the attention span of your audience. Well, fast forward to a year ago, and it was, I think, Gary Vee that said it. It was your audience's attention span is now four to six minutes. Yeah. So it's because we are so used to our computers running fast, our phones running fast, we're flipping through apps, you know, and we're, we're scanning things. We don't read fully anymore. You know, we just scan things and get the main point and memes. We learn everything we need to know from a meme, you know, it's a picture with like eight words on it and we're like smart for the day. I mean, that's, <laughs> well, you, that's you know, to that point, I feel like, so I, I got my, my son was in his room. He's playing Xbox. He's got his, his phone over here and it's playing a YouTube video and he's got music on in the background and he's got a book open next to it. Uh, he's reading mm-hmm. Diary of Olympic Kid. And I'm, and I walked into his room and I'm like, Hey, you ready to eat? And he's, and he's, his eyes are going, you know, all around all these different little things. I was like, how can you pay attention to anything? Then I caught myself doing it the other night and I realized I do it all the time. 
I was laying in bed. I got the TV on. Netflix is playing. I've got YouTube playing in the corner. You know, you can minimize it if you've got YouTube mm-hmm. red. And it's playing in the corner up here. I'm scrolling through Facebook, and I'm swapping between Facebook and Instagram and Quora. And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> These are our brains now. Yeah, man. And it's, it's information arbitrage overload really it is and it I don't is. Know how much of that i'm actually taking in versus how much you know and it reminds me do you guys remember what's the old movie um oh short circuit from the 80s yeah. with johnny five alive. yeah johnny five is alive right yeah. so there's a scene in the movie where he's reading a book and he's he's flipping through the pages and the guy i don't remember who the actor was the guy's watching him read this he's like how can you read that and he's and then later on in the movie he has a copy of frankenstein and then the, the guy gave him and He's like, I'm going to take my time on this one. And then he kind of closes. You see him slowly flipping through the pages of Frankenstein because yeah. that's him, right? And I'm like, wow, that makes sense. So we, that's where you, I, I guess to the to the point, to the conversation that uh, uh, me and Bennett and uh, Jason Gay were having um, in our little one-shot videos is if you're finding, and Bennett specifically said, you know, you're going to be curious about one thing, curious about something else. And what did I say? Something like a, you know, find what you love and go focus on that. But that curiosity has to still be alive, you know, and yeah. finding out what sure. you are finding your Frankenstein book, right? Yeah. And, oh, that's what I really am. That's what I really want to do. I'm super curious about this. It's, it's just, I don't know. You have all these little, I, after researching conspiracy for so long, I feel like you can find little nuggets and tidbits of truth and just about anything and that's kind of yeah. sort of uh cognitive bias i guess but it's completely <laughs> possible right as long as you know how to look for it right. i don't think yeah. like you know kids our kids ages they they don't know how to look for that stuff their critical thinking skills are just shit are they though? they really are yeah. i landscape? see it now i see it all the time like these kids have no idea how to break down a problem or, you know, anything. They don't know how to break it down into parts and look at each individual piece and then go, oh, so this is how this happened and this, and then they can't, they can't put it back together. They don't have, all they see is like, boom, this is what's happening. This is it. This is what we're going with. And okay, let's write it down. You know, like, I'm like, yo, because we were, kid. We were kind of eased into dealing with the amount of information overload that we get now. So yeah. we started when we were younger and, and the information that we were consuming, it sped up. up 2019, you know, we were just talking about that, how much information we're getting constantly. A young mind that's just fresh and just thrown into this chaos. Dude, I can see that happening. Yeah. I mean, like you were yeah. talking about before, we, we were there for the birth of the internet. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> we remember what it was like to learn before the internet. And, and then now how everything is different, but they, they, they didn't experience life before the internet. It's always been there. Yep. Well, dude, that opens up another can of worms. Cause I, I wanted to touch on um, Elon Musk and the neural link thing tonight. And I guess this is the perfect segue into, because maybe it is the natural progression because information is so readily available and so everywhere all around us that that's that maybe it's the natural progression to increase our bandwidth yeah that, i wonder that too because you know we only use like a few percent of our brain anyway and i wonder because of all this 
constant, you know, downloading of information that we're doing. It's like, how is our brain adapting to all of this? And what are we passing on to our kids? You know, people that are having kids now that are in their 20s that grew up with the internet already being there. It's like, wow, what, how are their kids going to turn out? How are they going to be able to think and process, you know? It's going to be completely different. You know, we we sit here and we talk about things of, um, oh, what do they call it in school? Common Core, how they change, how the kids learn math and all these different things. Mm-hmm. And, and, I hate Common Core. Well, and to me, because it, slowed, because it slowed down the math process, it didn't make any sense, yeah. right? right. So, uh, it doesn't make sense. It yeah. slows it down. But maybe that's them trying to pump the brakes and say, all right, you know, you kids got to slow down. You're trying to take in too much information at once. So but if you let's make it a little confusing. Maybe. Well, yeah. If you think about it, though, I, I, I've kind of come to this realization recently about the whole common core math. It, yeah, if doing it on paper, yes, it absolutely slows down the process, but it's almost like that's the physical representation of how, you're actu- how you would actually work it out in your head for some people. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. I can get that. Absolutely. Because we, we relate one thing to another. And it's and that that's sort of the way Common Core works. Yeah. Well, if I do this, if I've got five apples, then I take away two apples, and then there's I had five apples. It's just it's kind of weird. Just take yeah. away the damn apples already. Quit <laughs> writing it down. Right. Now here, right. see here. I've had I have I have had five kids go through Common Core. My oldest actually was in like first or second grade when it was implemented, and we've homeschooled for two years. Um, my kids learned nonsense words before they learned how to read. They were taught to read words that don't exist before they were taught phonics and how to read words that do exist. Are you serious? Wow. No, not even kidding. And when it came to like the math stuff, it was literally let's break down three plus one by adding all these extra numbers into it. Oh, but don't forget to draw dart, you know, dots in this graph that oh, makes right. no sense. Yeah. Right. And stuff like that. It look, there's one thing about slowing down, you know, when you're doing manual intellectual, like creative process, mm-hmm. sure, let's write it out. Let's, you know, carry the one that's, that's understandable. But when it's literally like, okay, let's take this number and let's make 14 different numbers out of it just to be able to draw dots and then find an answer. Yeah. That's nonsense. That is yeah, great. It's right. bullshit. Like just arbitrarily adding steps to the process. That mm-hmm. And stress and frustration. And I think honestly, if I want to get a little like, you know, out of the box with this, let's add stress to kids so they can't think for themselves and mm-hmm. we can just keep controlling them. Oh, that could be part of it too. And while, I don't we're, know. It, while we're at it, let's drug them up. <laughs> so. Yeah, because they can't sit still because they're so damn bored and they're locked right. in a box all day. Yeah. But shit, let's give them drugs. It's right. <laughs> ridiculous. But I mean, I think it really does touch on um, well, touches on a lot of things. But you know, I'm going to go back to the go back to the Elon Musk thing because yes, the only way really out of that sort of loop, I guess, and the only way for for first world modern world societies to kind of cope with the amount of information that we're taking in since slowing it down with things like common core doesn't work because you know that just slows down the way people learn it doesn't slow down the information overload the only other way around that is to increase how quickly we can categorize and understand the information that we're getting and so I, I kind of, I was trying yeah. to picture, so I, the other day I took, a, took my son to a arcade the other day and I did VR for the first time. It was the full immersive experience. 
Um, so they we took us in and it was just like Ready Player One. You know, you had the, the thing that went around your waist and you had the mm-hmm. little sensors that go on your shoes and then the helmet comes on. And dude, I, having never done it, it was instantaneous buy-in for me on Neuralink. I mean, yeah. my God. <laughs> yeah. It was like when the, when the white screen came down, it was like, in a, what did they call it in the Matrix, the loading screen? Yeah. Right? It was all white around you because that's what it was. And all of a sudden, here comes these two handguns and they're floating in front of me. And the guy outside goes, all right, grab the guns. And I'm like, oh, what do I do with my hands? Yeah. <laughs> so then I grab them. <laughs> and then you learn to walk and run. And it was just the coolest shit I've ever done in my life. I mean, it's, I, there's no words. If you haven't done it, go find one of these places. Go do it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. After we, so the game lasted for 15 minutes and mm. I started shooting zombies. And by the time the game was over, we were running in place like on rats on a treadmill. We were just drenched in sweat. And I'm like, let's do it again. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's one thing Ready Player One didn't really uh, put across very well is how much of a freaking workout that is. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) I can imagine. Imagine playing World of Warcraft or, you know, Call of Duty or something, but but moving while you're in the game. Real, for real. Dude. moving constantly. how did how did you feel afterwards though like once you got like 15 minutes later once you kind of came down from it a little disoriented still even after yeah. like 15 minutes i'm like i was just looking at a zombie running at me and feeling feedback in the chest thing Every time wow. I it, it was nuts <laughs> man what is elon musk gonna do that's what i'm wondering. right exactly so he's got this thing that's gonna you know Attached to your cell phone, which I give, I give regular computers like I'm staring at right now, maybe five more years before everything is on this thing. Everything. Yeah. Yep. And it's got a totally. little dock that it sits right here. If I so that if I want to see it on a bigger screen, if if the yep. screens even exist like that anymore, because yep. they're really outmoded, because everything, all content is being shrunk in the way it's delivered to us, so yep. that it will fit on this little black screen. The only time that I ever use these screens that I'm looking at right here is if I sit down to do this or if I'm watching TV or I'm at work writing code, that's the only time. There was a time between, I would say, 1995 and maybe 2010 where I wanted to be online and I wanted to actually have productivity while I was online. I come sit in this chair. Mm-hmm. It's not like that anymore. It's right. not. This is it. <clears throat> but to one of the points that Elon Musk made is uh, when he was on the Joe Rogan podcast recently was talking about the bandwidth problem that we got because we went from having a keyboard where we can use our all 10 fingers and use the mouse to having two thumbs. Yeah. And that's our, that's our throughput. Right. So the only way around that is to utilize your eyes more to utilize your ears more and really utilize your brain. And that's by using an implant of some kind. So if technology is going to continue, unless unless they put, halt the brakes on it, and this is where we're going to be technology-wise, that's where we're going, and you're either going to buy in or be left behind. And I think, you know, as dystopian as that may sound, that's that's kind of where we're going to be. And, yeah. You know, looking at Bleeding Edge, the the avant-garde guys that create, you know, this Bleeding Edge technology, oh, no one's ever going to use that. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. One person adopts all it took. All it took for me to really buy into VR and want to go buy an Oculus Rift was going in and playing a video game. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Going, <laughs> I was I was ready to buy it when I saw it on YouTube. I'm like, thanks, Jacksepticeye. You know, like right. <laughs> thanks, Markiplier. Well, I, I, I was, thinking, I was thinking about like what that what the possibilities if it if it can like modify the data stream, kind of going in and out of your eyes. 
that heads up display is just in your field of vision now. You don't need anything external attached to your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm looking anywhere. I look at a sign from McDonald's and the McDonald's jingle starts playing in my head. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, the possibilities yep. are, are, I think, a lot further than what people realize might be possible by a thing like Neuralink, because suddenly augmented reality is built into your mind, and that's uh, and that, that gives a whole new meaning to like symbolism and mm-hmm. for real. It's it's kind of wild, you know. You spend all this time studying about the occult and all these different symbols and conspiracy theories and blah blah. Everything that I've dug into, and I'm like, oh now, now they're gonna mean something like for real. I look at the gold yeah. marches of McDonald's, and that's it's gonna be different. <laughs> so. for real. Damn it! I loved McNuggets. But you know, I I wonder, like, and I think that's why it's important for, you know, us that do study, you know, like the occult and esoteric things and old manuscripts and stuff that, you know, we keep that and we we pass that on because I don't know if kids even understand that stuff exists. Like, I'm thinking about my kids, of course, my (laughs) my kids are like, why do you hate everything that the government does? And I'm like, you just wait till you're older. (laughs) Quit complaining about the government, mom, you know? So I can eat Cheetos and I'm not going to die. But I'm like, no, but really, and I I try, I'm like, I can show you this in an age appropriate way if you want to understand where I'm coming from. But they're just like, no, I got to go back to Instagram, TikTok, whatever. (laughs) And I'm like, fine, I'm going to create an esoteric TikTok account and then you're going to watch it. (laughs) So guess who did that? And man, that that went over kind of strange. (laughs) (laughs) What's your user? Uh, it's the same thing. Why not? Okay. So yeah, go follow me on TikTok. It's kind of weird. So be careful on TikTok. I'll just say that. Go go get yourself a good Chris Hansen meme. Yeah. <laughs> Drop into the comments. <laughs> yeah, you know we need the Chris Hansen being like y'all behaving in here. Like. <laughs> it's it's kind of it's it's kind of weird over in that space. But but that that actually it's the point of the, the absurdity though because mm. that. It's like, so I'm not big on Snapchat. I don't really even understand how to use it because I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> so I installed it and I'm flipping through going, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah, I don't get <laughs> the Snapchat TikTok at all. Makes sense. TikTok, TikTok totally yeah. makes sense because it's this sort of short videos that are in your face right now and then they're over, right? That kind of hits your point earlier, Sarah, where it's, you know, content yep. is short, content is short. So you, in order to f- get followers on that weird-ass platform, you really have to stand out. You really have to do super bizarre things. And that's, I found yeah. that real quick. Mm. But the other part of that is it's all kids, you know, it's kids using that. It's the younger generations using it. So, and then a couple of weirdo old guys making, you know, esoteric shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> but think though, wouldn't this be like, if we just stopped being so grown up for a darn second and yeah. took the wisdom that we already have, because think about it, how many times have you been like, man, I wish I could be a kid and like, but still have the knowledge and wisdom and experience that I have at like, you know, 30, 40, whatever. But think we could take these platforms that these kids are like, you know, this on all day long and create content that they might actually understand and be like, Oh, this is cool. Hey, you guys check it out. And they're sharing it all over social media and we're keeping, you know, something alive and helping these kids. It's the point from common core earlier we were talking about because we built this landscape for our kids, mm. right? This is what they have to live in. 
And yeah, we're, so. we're limiting their, uh, their time that they're allowed to live in this landscape. We say, no, you need to get off your phone. Get off your phone right now. Get off the Xbox. You know, I know you're having fun, but yeah. get off of it. It makes no sense, right? No, so, see, we're, we're radical unschoolers, so we don't do that. We're right. like, oh, you've been out for 14 <laughs> hours. Are you hungry? You know? <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's different. Mo- there's, you know, there's huge swaths of America that don't agree with that sentiment. Yeah. So you're spending huge. too much time. Oh, that, that phone is rotting your brain. There's studies done on it. But the thing is, right. the kids are trying to make sense of what it is that they're seeing us do. And it doesn't really make any sense at all because we're not right. doing things that our that our parents or our, our grandparents did at all right That's, holy shit right yeah. looking at you two in squares <laughs> in different parts of the country yeah. and, and we're recording it and we're giving it out later that's crazy so they're watching us do this and they're watching us share all these weird details about our lives in text form on some strange timeline feed and they want to do it too so maybe focusing or changing the way that we teach our children based on a model of the world that we've created and presented might make more sense. I like that. Using TikTok. Maybe just, maybe just figure out how to warn them against the trolls. (laughs) (laughs) Quit being a crybaby. It's just a troll. First TikTok video, how to, how to be a troll 101. (laughs) Second TikTok video, how not to be a troll 101. Yes. Exactly. But, you know, that's important, right? Especially it is. Now you've got, you know, there's the news is full of, you know, kids who are online bullied and they take it to the nth degree. And that kid that's bullied makes the worst possible decision. You know, that's, yeah. that's all over the news. And, and having that wisdom of how did, how does a child navigate this landscape? They should have a social media class, something. I don't know. I don't know what the yeah. answer is, but it, it's obviously a glaring question and I haven't heard anybody really address it. Right. So we're addressing it right yeah. now. So. <laughs> we are. Here we we'll are. This could, be the start. <laughs> this could be the start. No, but you're right because my kids are more concerned about what people say about them in some comment mm-hmm. or on YouTube or on TikTok than they are about the weirdo looking at them in Walmart and toy mm-hmm. suction or, you know, whatever kid they see that they used to know in school they don't worry about that stuff right. anymore. It's like it, it. And even when like my daughter, for instance, even when they were still in school a couple of years ago, it would, she would come home and she would go see what her friends were saying. You know, um, it was musically back then, but right. she would see what they were saying on musically. She didn't care what they said about her at school, but man, if they posted something she didn't like on musically, it was drama and the world was ending. And I'm like, mm-hmm delete the app and she's like but i can't and i'm like oh no but you can and we can find something else you know let's redirect this and figure it out you know but it's weird and so we have to i think i think as parents we have to be responsible for keeping up with the times you know we can't just let the teachers do all the work or the social media youtube people do the work like we've got to get in there and figure out like okay what is this how does it work why are you know what are trolls and what are what, you know, what are follows? What are, it, we just, we have to do this. And um, I don't think our parents really ever did that. I mean, they dropped us off at the movies. They didn't care what we watched, you yeah. know, they would drop right. us off at the mall. We didn't have to worry about predators, even though they were out there. Right. It just, there wasn't that focus on it, but we have that online now. And so, you know, and we have kids, like you said, you know, we have kids that are just ending up in the worst case scenario. And we're responsible for that 
Yeah, you know? ultimately we are. We created yeah. it. Yeah, it's, we created it. We're responsible. It, it really is Pandora's box, and yeah. it's, it's up to us how how we want to, you know, foster that for the future. Because I, I don't know. I don't think we can go back. I don't, it's impossible no. for the world to go no. backwards. Um, social media is going to be here. It's here. It's going to keep evolving. It's going to keep changing, and the interconnectedness is going to continue. And that's why I, I feel like it's so important for groups like the three of us to come together and say here's our house, you know, um, my buddy Bennett and I, you know, in trying to dissect social media and groups, we kind of related it to Harry Potter and calling it houses. So eyes open would be Gryffindor and the Crow group might be Slytherin, et cetera. So these are different houses with different qualities. And there's members that are members of both houses. And when they're in a different group, they exude different qualities to the members of of those groups. It's like you Mm -hmm. were saying earlier, I think Austin, you said that. Yeah. But it's, we know that we know how to traverse that because we built it and that's that inner working knowledge it's it's sort of like the guy that invented the car um or the model t ford when he invented the car it was so bare bones that everybody could see how it worked right mm-hmm. so we were there when it was invented. we know how it works we know how how the the dynamic at least for the most part so you get into bizarre apps like snapshot we, we know the dynamics of how these things work but you put in a kid just into this without a working knowledge of this type, this level of human interaction, which has never existed before, you just throw it in the middle of it, it's the deep end. You know, it's the deep yeah, end of the pool. Sure. It's yeah. kind of like dropping your kid off at the mall in 1987. Yeah. There's all this stuff exactly. that they have to look at and they're all on their own. They don't know where to go first. They don't know how to feed themselves. They don't know where the bathroom is. It's like, it's a, it's the same kind of thing, really. There's all these apps and all these people and all this, and because you know, these it's so shiny, Because it's so shiny and we all do it, that's what they want to do. There's a comedian yeah. named oh, Brian Regan. He had a joke about walking around at the, uh, at the zoo and his, his kid loses her balloon and the balloon floats away and she's crying, ah, I want my balloon back. And he goes, I'll get you a new balloon later. Don't worry about it. And they walk on and he goes, now, why did I do that? Imagine if my wallet floated away. I want my wallet back. I'll get you a new wallet later. No, but it's got all my stuff in it. That balloon that floated away is so precious to that kid. That's what, that's what those likes are. That's that's those negative comments that they got on their, on their feed. It doesn't affect me the same way, you know, because I know how to do trolls, but that kid, somebody just popped your balloon, you know, and it's, it's because that's what we made precious to them. Right. It's, and I think in a way, it's probably been that way all throughout human history, just on a much smaller scale of people. What other people think of you does matter because they talk to other people and they talk to other people and they talk to other people. Mm-hmm. And suddenly right. you can be, you know, Mary Magdalene walking down the center street, getting stones thrown at you and you really yep. didn't do anything different than what anybody else did. Yeah. It's just somebody called you out. You know, yeah. somebody decided to be a jerk and your whole world crashes down. It didn't literally crash down. It was just a bad negative comment, but you took it so harshly because it was your red balloon. Mm-hmm. Yep. So anyway, there's my diatribe. So. Okay. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. I get it. Kind of wild. It's wild out there. It is. The like, those likes are so important. Oh my gosh. Oh, they are, but, but that's we also had our society. important things though, right? Our Jinko jeans and our, you know Hell yeah. Our, <laughs> our weird shit from the nineties, our Pearl Gym and Soundgarden. <laughs> at our Lincoln yeah. Park. I love that shirt. Thanks. So 
I, yeah. I, I wanted to touch on that. Apparently, you've got a pretty interesting story about Lincoln Park and that shirt you're wearing. Okay, so yeah, actually, um, <laughs> when we first, like, when I first hopped on here, Claude was like, "Hey, I like your shirt," and I was like, "Thanks." He's like, "Have you ever seen them live?" And I was like, "Yeah, I kind of worked for him." And he was like, "Shut up." <laughs> right. Yeah. I, so it wasn't like, I don't know. I mean, I. I saw them in Nashville right before their Hybrid Theory album dropped. It was literally like a week before something before it dropped. And I absolutely, I mean, well, I had already been listening to them, but because um, I knew how to pirate music back then. Uh -huh, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Napster. Yes. So, um, you know, so I had already been listening to them and went and saw them, met the guys. They were freaking great. They were the most just cordial people in the world and they were you know they really cared about their fans you know because I could tell the difference I'd been going to shows and I had already worked for like Roadrunner Records and Limp Bizkit and you know a couple other little bands and things but I did promotion um so it was back then promotion was basically like oh your band is coming to town so go hand out flyers everywhere and, and because we didn't have like internet like it is now we had yeah. message boards and we had AOL yes. and that in chat rooms and that was pretty much <laughs> it so I mean, literally the first Linkin Park fan page was on CJB.net, if you guys remember that. Like way, yeah. way, way back. So this was like 90, what was it, 99? No. 99, I don't even. It was like 99. Yeah, yeah 98, 99. Um, but I, no, it was 2000 because I first saw them in 2000. So anyway, I end up, you know, doing promotion and uh, stuff. I have the very first like documented Lincoln Park tattoo in the entire world. Um, wow. I got it. I got it on my birthday seven days after I saw them. That's so, so cool. It's, it's weird. But now that I'm like 40, I'm like, I got this tattoo. You know, and of course it's like, <laughs> it's, it's like the tramp stamp, you know, where everybody gets their tramp stamp. I didn't think anything of it because that right. didn't exist back until like 2003 yeah. when, you know, warp tour happened and all the girls started getting their freaking butterflies up, you know, above yeah, their asses. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, Oh, that's great. But you anyway, the adopter of the tramp stamp. <laughs> I'm the OG man. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, our, our fan page actually was what the, I'm still friends with them. We created like the first street team. We were the first street team for Lincoln Park cool. and we That's were awesome. the wow. ones that helped create their official online website. So yeah, I mean, I have a huge, huge like love in my heart for them because they were just such great people. You know, they were, they were never horrible. They always brought that kid in off the street that didn't have a ticket. You know, they were those kind of guys. And that's awesome. Yeah, very, very much appreciated. Yeah, I, I relate Lincoln Park a lot now. So my son's been listening to 21 Pilots all the time, and he's got me listening to him all the time. I, I yeah. love those guys. But I realize that there's there's this sort of correlation between Lincoln Park and, and bands like 21 Pilots or, you know, Billy Eilish for the generations. Yeah. Lincoln Park told a fucking story, man. They told a good damn story, too. And it hit yeah. hard and deep, you know, it's sort of like a – well, let's see, when they came out, I was probably, I was 19, maybe 18 when I first heard Lincoln Park. It was 98, 99, and uh, mm. some of their stuff. Anyway, and then I saw them on the Family Values Tour. I can't remember when that was. And then, but so just addicted to me, far more addicted to them than I ever was like Pearl Jam back in the day in the early Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they were that good. I realized that that Pearl Jam wasn't really my generation at that point. And then Lincoln Park, as, as I got older into my teens, that's, you know, bands like Lincoln Park and uh, Lint Biscuit and Corn. Uh, Corn. yeah. You know, and New Metal. That was, that was more, 
more my jam. And I, uh, I sort of, I kind of uh, gravitated toward that more because the message was completely different than the angsty grunge stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, it took a, I still love the 90s grunge stuff, but I realized that I don't relate to it as much as yeah. I some of the new metal stuff because it, it made a lot more sense. So that's the I thing about 90s grunge is it didn't make yeah. any damn sense. It was right. just, it was, it was you the know. absurdism of the time, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. And we all just ate it up like it was the greatest thing ever. And I mean, it was a revolution of music yeah. and fashion and things like that. And a lot of people came into power because of it, you know, into their self power because of yeah. it, I guess. And, you know, like damn the man and all that. But when Linkin Park came on the scene, it kind of like crushed that, you know, corn lip biscuit, new metal kind of, I mean, we still had Godsmack and, and mm-hmm. Disturbed and things like that, yeah. but it created this new kind of era of music in a way, kind of the way that Nirvana did and Pearl Jam did. It was just, it ushered, it helped to usher in all of these bands that had been trying for so long. Yeah. It had, you know, that similar storytelling, yeah, still good crunchy beat kind of songs, but just weren't quite there. So mm-hmm. I think they really opened the door for that. Oh, absolutely, they did. And, uh, you know, you watch how music evolved into the, you know, late 2000s and then the early aughts and then where we're at now. And you can hear their influence. It's it's still... Uh, So much. Oh, my gosh. There are so many bands out there because I'll I'll spin through Spotify looking for, like, Screamo and Scream Metal, New Metal and all. And there's so many names for this stuff now. (laughs) And um, there's so many bands that sound like Linkin Park or have that essence, you know, whether it's in the guitar or the singers, because there's usually two singers now. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody's singing, somebody's screaming, somebody's singing, somebody's rapping, somebody's rapping almost, and screaming. Almost always <laughs> rapping too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, but it's, I think they were, it, it's a good band to have been influenced by, you know, yeah. because it's storytelling and mm-hmm. that's what music kind of started out as. I mean, mm-hmm. when it came to, you know, like the Bards back, you know, they came, they played their, their lutes and their guitars or whatever they had. And they told their stories to people. And, you know, it's kind of like it's the origin and it's kind of nice to hear it coming back, you know, bands like Coheed and Cambria and dance, Gavin dance, you know, they are very melodic and tell these stories. There's another band I can't think of, but um, it's just pleasant to listen to. And maybe it's because I'm getting old and this is like my Neil diamond and you know, whatever, like yeah, right. you know how my parents listen to oh, Who's that? Who's that one guy? Oh, what was his name? He did the the song about the like the the steamboats on the. Oh, oh Creedence Clearwater. No, no, Gordon, <laughs> Gordon Lightfoot. That's no, Gordon Lightfoot. Know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So maybe this is like my type of you know music. Yeah. How that was back then, but. Well, yeah, I think that stuff comes back around. Uh, it, yeah. It was in those, those different types of styles. Was it the the big style that's actually in now? My wife and I have noticed that it's uh, the girls were wearing eighties clothes again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's Stranger Things' fault, though. Yeah, well, maybe so. <laughs> maybe a little right? bit, but yeah. And uh, but I'm kind of wondering when flannel is going to come back into style, so I can start wearing my flannel jackets again. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> Give it about five years. Yes. Maybe. Uh, yes. <laughs> then my crunchy guitar back there will make sense now too. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, you're creating content, so just make it happen and let that be part of your. Uh, yeah, exactly. Part of your, sh- not, I don't want to say spiel because that's kind of like saying it's a scam because it's not a scam, but that's part of your identity. You know, yeah, you're like, for sure. yeah, do that. I was thinking about bringing a like flared bell bottoms back because I love the hell out of them. And I'm like, nobody wears these anymore. These girls are wearing these high waisted short Daisy Duke looking gross things. And I let's would, bring honestly, bell bottoms exactly. back. <laughs> I, I, would, I would prefer to see girls wearing big fat 
Dingley Jinkos, though. Jinkos, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, that It'd was, be so much better. Those are the girls I was in love with in high school, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If a dude, and then you had the Jinkos girls. Yeah. If, if the dude had Jinkos and a chain wallet and a black t-shirt, I was sold. Oh, and the spikes. <laughs> yeah, you had to have, the like, spikes. the super gelled spikes. Yeah. yeah the dog collar. Yeah. It was all over. Yeah. All over. Like, just uh, put some eyeliner on. I'm done. The 90s yeah. were awesome. <laughs> they were all right. <laughs> they were all right. He said, no, it's a hindsight. Hindsight's always 2020, man. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. It? Then it's, uh, well, maybe not always. You know, rose-colored glasses look backwards, too. So, mm. you know. Good point. There were there were a lot of good times in the 90s, but I also had a lot of, lot of freaking old last times. But you always remember the good times, though, because that's what yeah. If I feel if you're balanced, you look back and you see the good times and you bring it forward. You can dwell on the past and see all the gnarly shit that happened and dwell on that in the future. Right. You. you know, I could, I think all three of us could probably sit here and think about the worst thing that happens just in the 90s and this whole conversation would go south in a minute. So, sure. Right. It would, it would take a completely different, yeah. it, would, it would take on a completely different like atmosphere doing that. As we all get depressed now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody quick tell a joke. <laughs> your mom is so no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes. oh, that's another one. My kid's addicted to watching this your mama channel on YouTube. Yeah, is it the, hilarious? Is it the, that guy is it yes, your, that, your mama. Yeah. Like, oh, it's so awesome. And I'm like, dude, I was telling that joke when I was sixteen. That's so good. Yeah. We used to sit on the lunch table and just your mama, everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's coming back. And I, I remember. So <laughs> that one sucked. Give me an hour later, you know? Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Give me all your tots. You can't tell jokes. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, I actually, in my memories on Facebook, was it today? It was, yeah, I think it was today or yesterday. It was my youngest son when he was three telling your mama jokes because he had heard his older brothers watching those YouTube videos. And it's the cutest thing in the world. He's like, your mom is so stupid. She jumped up in the clouds and she died. And I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> And then he was like, mom, I have one for you. Now you, you heard me tell you how my kids are always like, why do you hate the government and all this? So he goes, you know what I'm talking about? GMOs and all this. And he's like, here's one for you, mom. He's three, right? He goes, your mom, so stupid. She went to McDonald's and ate the chicken nuggets and died. And I was like, <laughs> fist bump. Yeah. I mean, that's good and all, but that takes it into like, that's some major food poisoning, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that, that one could actually be a headline. Like, like you're <laughs> that, that headline wouldn't actually surprise me. <laughs> But it was hilarious Dude, that this awesome. kid had, he had heard his siblings listening to yeah. this YouTube video and he's like, check this out, mom. And I'm like, you're not even in pre-K. Like, what's up? Kid, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But that kind of goes to show like what, you know, I kind of, I've, I've experienced like with having kids of, you know, these age ranges because yeah. he's almost eight and then my oldest is almost 21 but I have the four youngest one are stair, stair steps basically. So he's almost eight. My daughter's almost 11 and my son is 12 and my son is 13. So there's this range that I've gotten to watch over the years where, you know, the 13 year old started watching gaming videos and then the 12 year old got into it. He didn't really like watching other people play video games. So he started 
doing his own video game stuff and then learning how to mod and you know yeah it was pretty fantastic and then my daughter was like well i love youtube so i'm gonna watch and then she found out that she loves doing makeup and she's very good at she's very artistic so and then there was my you know almost eight-year-old my youngest and he's like i don't know who the hell i am because i'm the baby of the family so i'm just gonna be like really funny and get on everybody's nerves so that's where like the jokes and everything like that came in so it's kind of like this and it all started with YouTube. So it's been kind of like this evolution of YouTube through all of these different little kids just to see like which direction it's going to go. And they're all really, really smart, but it's weird. <laughs> that kind of hits that whole, um, the, the special area that we're kind of at in 2019 with everything that's available to us. You know, it kind of hits that curiosity thing because we can find out anything about everything at this point. Yeah. Yep. Does it make it easier to find out what you want to be when you grow up or does it become harder because everything information wise about everything is available to you? I kind of think maybe it, I guess really it depends on the person. I mean, it, 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 it I can see how it would make it harder because now there's so many choices, yeah. but at the same time, how many of those choices are going to exist in five years? Right. That's, that's a good point. It is right. a very good point. Yeah, we're already looking at, you know, certain jobs being completely, they're just not going to be here in five years, you know. Certain, robotized. Yeah, yeah. yeah robotized. Yeah. I, um, AI taking away things, you know, these people that, you know, they want to go work for Facebook. That job working for Facebook's not going to exist because it's going to be right. AI, right? right? That's interesting. A lot of those classic programming jobs, you know, designing video games, you know, um, yeah. Early aughts, that was the industry you wanted to be in. Now a lot of that code actually writes itself. You know, those yep. graphic designers, they're doing less and less work. It's, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's my 13-year-old wanted to be a video game designer. And I said, you know, that's awesome. Learn everything you can now because you need to be able to adapt when it changes in three years. This was when he was in, so like two years ago. And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, okay, we're going to watch some YouTube, but I'm going to show you. But I think it's important let me, I want to say this right, because I don't, you know, because I know people like there's kids in public school, there's kids in private school, you know, we are unschoolers and we're very, very, very unconventional and untraditional when it comes to schooling. My kids, I basically have like encouraged them to take up or to learn skills, you know, learn and not just like survival skills or anything, but learn skills, you know, learn how to draw, learn how to code, learn how to game, learn how to cook. Because these are the things, because we're, our world is changing so yeah. fast, you just never know what you're going to need in wh whatever specific two to five year period that you end up in, you know, in the job market or career market yeah. or whatever. You know, I don't focus on what are you going to be when you grow up, you know, and I don't focus on, well, you have to have a career. Mm -hmm. It's literally, let's make sure you experience as much as you can now and learn, you know, the basic skills and you know, how to navigate through life and how to navigate your feelings and, you know, not be afraid of exploring your options when it comes to whatever you want to do, which you can do whatever you want. And I tell them that too. I'm like, you can do whatever you want when it comes yeah. to what you want to work. You just have to be good at it. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that that is going to benefit them when it comes down to, you know, everything's pretty much self writing itself and sure. and you know self-coding and and it's ai's taking your freaking chicken mcnugget order 
<laughs> for the drive-through, you know? That, that brings up something else that's interesting because I feel like, you know, especially with millennials being in the market, what's the, what's the next generation beyond millennials that are entering the marketplace now? I mean, know what you call them? Younger kids. I have no idea. 18 to 23, right? So we have a lot of young people who are at work and their communication skills and their interpersonal skills don't exist in the same way that, you know, ours do. And I don't know a lot of people aren't good at talking to other people and stuff like that. That's not yeah. really what I mean. But those particular skills that you get by simply talking to other people, I thought, I wonder if a lot of that is completely being lost because of how much time is being spent, you know, reading text on, you know, whatever social media platform or reading text messages, sending text messages back and forth. And one of the things that's one of the jobs, you know, it may not pay anything, but one of the jobs that's never going to disappear is interacting with other people. That's the one job that yeah. will always be here. Yeah. And that's, probably one of the most precious skills that you, know, you could ever give a child is how to interact with other people in a positive yep. way and how to, you know, help someone with problems and collaborate with other people and not be, you know, a stick in the mud. Is that what the term is? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. They do need to learn like how to appropriately navigate situations that are not easy. Um, you know, arguments or disagreements. I don't want to say arguments. I mean, disagreements. Um, you know, somebody just telling you that you're wrong because they don't know how to properly, you know, socialize with you. And with the whole, you know, cause as homeschoolers, we get a lot of like, well, what about socializing? I'm like, you know what? My kids talk to the clerks at stores and I think that's pretty darn important. And they take, yeah. they talk to the delivery guy when he orders pizza and they help me and, you know, they tell him to have a good day and they ask how much it is. And, you know, they get the change. It's, they literally have to go out and function as humans on earth. If they want to go buy something, they have their own money. They have to hand it to the cashier. You know, they have to get their change. Thank you very much. I hope you have a nice day. They take their own bags. I see so many like kids that don't get to do that. It's like their parents just hand the money over for them and grab the bag and say, get in the car. Yeah. They, you know, just it's, there. Yeah, they, just they don't know what to do. Yeah. But you know, and, and for a lot of kids, socialization, it's, you know, once they get out of school or when they're hanging with their friends or whatever, or at church or I mean, wherever it is, it's, yeah. you know, they talk about the same stuff. They talk about their, their social media. They talk about how much they hate their parents. They talk about how much they hate school or it, it's, all the same kind of things that we talked about as kids, but it's on a completely different scale. Well, I think that hits something interesting to what the three of us are doing. So, you know, Austin, with your, with your audio drama podcasts, um, with people moving towards this audio medium of consuming more and more and more audio content, the messages that, that are received through audio content become that much more important, the type of messages people are receiving, oh, yeah. the type of content that they're consuming. So, you know, yeah. you're, you're in a very important space then as far as that's concerned, as far as, you know, molding minds, as far as, um, you know, presenting worldviews, right? Mm -hmm. And then with flash content, um, like whether it's a one-shot thought or it's, you know, going live on a stream like you do, Sarah, or whatever it is, it's providing that audio content in a very short way and having positive messages in that short way that's not absolutely just wrapped in absurdity mm -hmm. becomes important for them because that's, and not just for them, but for, you know, people our age too, because they're looking at, they're consuming that and they're either going to consume something negative, something absurd or something positive. Right. Yeah. And um, that's, it's back to, you know, the community part of it. That's where it becomes important for people that are doing this kind of, this kind of content, this kind of, uh, um, business or whatever it is, living this kind of life in this landscape, 
coming together as that community and sharing each other's content, putting each other out there and saying, this is, this has value and this has worth. Y'all go check it out. Let your kids listen to positive content. Let your friends listen to positive content. Hey, because it's almost becoming, you know, people are spending so much time listening to podcasts now mm-hmm. and watching YouTube now that it's cutting into the movie market and it's cutting in to the music market. You know, yeah, I spend more is. time listening to podcasts in my car than I do music. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. <clears throat> kids so, too. We don't, we don't have cool. TV anymore. We yeah. don't have cable. We don't listen to the radio. No, we don't even listen to the radio in the car. It's, Hey mom, hook up your Bluetooth and turn YouTube on. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's just completely different. You know, the, the old ways are kind of fading out and I'm not, I'm not afraid of it. Like I love technology. I love artistic stuff. I think it's great. I think it's wonderful to explore all this new stuff that's going on. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I see a lot of people like get scared of it and I'm like, why though? I I think there are fears or there are valid fears, right? And I think uh, you were going to bring up one earlier. I saw your face Austin, (laughs) (laughs) and I knew you wanted to say something because there are fears of it being used in, uh, maleficent ways, you know, um, horrible ways, you know, mind control whatever it is you know giving us bad messages things like that but it's our choice to be on the platforms it's our choice to use the platforms and it's our choice as to what we want to consume or don't want to consume ultimately you know right obviously we but can't it, help the flashing lights or you know them inserting code or something like right. that but it's our landscape right it's our choice for now though for now that's true Absolutely. I think I think we're smart enough, though. Hopefully, we're smart enough that we'll be able to like notice those little signs. Like, hey, you know what? You see that thing? That's something not quite right about that. You know, like we might be the last generation that can actually do that. Right. Self-driving cars, for example. I mean, yeah, they're they're on the verge of being on the market, and the more people that buy them, the more it's going to get to a point to where they're going to say, "You're not allowed to drive your own car anymore. It's too dangerous." Well, I kind of see the fifth element thing foreshadowing that a little bit. You have two points left on your license. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Multi-pass. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> but no, you have a point, man. That's absolutely true. And I think that's something we do have to be wary of. And that's where if, if, there's, not, if there's not something done by the users of these platforms to – to hold the makers of these platforms accountable for, I mean, what would you even call it? Accountable for their, um, for their deviousness. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we all have ads pop up in our feeds that where we feel like they're reading our minds. Yes. Ultimately what that boils down to is an algorithm of some kind that's, you know, almost precognitive. It can tell what you're going to think or what you're going to click. Mm-hmm. That's devious as shit. Yeah, absolutely. I watched Minority Report for the first time in forever last night. And as I was watching it, um, at each part of the movie, I would go Google what they were talking about because I hadn't seen it in so long. I wanted to see what all was already out there from that movie. Yeah. It was staggering how many articles that I could find in just the 45, first 45 minutes of the movie that matched what were in the movie. Wow. It's, it's absurd. I, so it's, I mean, it's already here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is what are we going to do with it now that it's here like in the way that it is now? Do we let it get to minority report level to where, oh, they're, they're saying you're going to commit a crime tomorrow? Or h- how do we stop that? I, I don't obviously don't have answers. I don't expect you guys to have answers either. But yeah. it's our playground. This is what we have. How do we stop that from happening? 
don't know. But it's almost impossible, especially if you want to get your message out in a positive way, it's almost impossible to break off of these platforms because this is where our voice is. Yep, it is. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think, you know, asking like, how do we stop that? I don't, I don't think we have that. We, we, we can't know because we don't have that to learn from yet, yeah. you know? So how are we supposed to come up for, with a solution for something that we don't even understand yet? You know, it's like... I mean, yeah, it's scary and we can think about it and we can hypothesize all we want, yeah. but until it's actually here, you know, it's, it's basically like, I don't know. It's trying to, it's basically like saying, okay, I need you to create concrete blocks out of moon dust that, you know, don't fail in an F5 tornado. Well, how the hell are you going to do that? If you, you know what I mean? Like you just, you can't, you just kind of got to roll with it and go with the flow and not be afraid of it because fear just gives attention to the negative. So, absolutely. It's, you it's know, called, it's confirmation bias. Fear, yeah. fear creates confirmation bias. And that's one of my, and I know I'll probably get a lot of heat for saying this, but that's one of my problems with the conspiracy theory community is that confirmation, confirmation bias reigns supreme. The moment you see something that confirms your fear, yeah, you'll no longer look at, the rational side of it. You'll say, Oh, okay. confirmed. Oh, confirmed. Yep. Illuminati confirmed. That's the meme, right? I agree. Half-Life three confirmed. Yeah, yeah. I get it. <laughs> and that does suck. But that doesn't mean the fear is not there. It's just, you've confirmed your fear. Sure. Well, there yeah, might, be, might be a rational explanation over here. Yeah. So, but people have just been taught how to take things at face value instead of actually, you know, yeah. being observant of what mm. might be, you know, they, they have to, they just can't like, losing my train of thought my cbd is wearing off <laughs> <laughs> well I, I, th I think it comes it's not just something that 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 confirmation bias thing is not just something that's native to the conspiracy theory community it exists everywhere it exists oh, in yeah. the For sure. community. i mean it exists in more of the barbecue homeschooling group. yeah you know? i see it all the time yeah <laughs> politics food homeschooling whatever business it's huge in business yes you know, people, oh oh this works that means that must be the way do you know the way that's the do way. you know the way yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, oh I had i've been on the internet too months. long it's infected my brain <laughs> oh my god yeah but stay hydrated yes yeah. stay hydrated <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we, we hit about an hour and a half here guys um that's uh this has been crazy awesome discussion i really hell really yeah appreciate you guys coming on it's been really cool um why don't you both give us a little information about where one more time about where we can find your content and what you're up to etc then we'll go out of here sarah you go first well, thank you austin all right so you guys can find me on facebook i have a page called the hip hemp mama and I think it speaks for itself. My, I specialize in hemp education and business building success. So uh, find me there. Send me a message. I'm happy to help you with anything hemp related. I love it. <laughs> I'm a nerd about it. So Aren't you doing Irish stuff now too? Yeah, we'll, we'll save that for the next one. There you go. That one's still building. Cool. All right. Uh, as far as me, uh, you can find our current work at uh, audiooblivious.productions.com, uh, where our feed is uh, originates on Spreaker, uh, but you can also find us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Google Play. Um, we, like I said earlier in the discussion, we are on the verge of relaunching. Uh, at the end of August, we're gonna. Start with a couple of short stories, uh, one-off stories, and then uh, in, come January, we're starting with our first new series. But we got a lot of things in the in the works. 
Cool. That's awesome. Looking forward to it, man. That's going to be great. Thank you. Dig into those. I've got a th- uh, just about a three-hour commute every day, so I'll, I'll destroy that content real fast. Awesome. <laughs> I'd love to hear what you think of it. Cool. Absolutely. All right. Appreciate you guys. Well, this has been Thanks awesome. Thanks so guys. much. Thank you. It's been great. See you guys. See ya. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Around the world, shit. No one even heard of me halfway around the block. I just got an SOS from somebody.